I'm Howard Baruxas, a managing director with Valenta based in Miami, Florida, and you are listening to Valenta 2.0 Weekly. And I'm joined by Jake Day. I'm the managing partner for Arkansas and also Georgia. Great. Hey, thanks for being here, Jake. Uh, for those in the audience, what we do on the Valenta 2.0 Weekly is we talk about the latest trends in digital transformation for the week, as well as what is new and shaken in the world of Valenta. So why don't we get right into it? Jake, what did you find interesting this week in the world of digital transformation? I found a couple of good articles from UiPath. Uh, some of the CIOs from the, the states of the United States uh, got together not too long ago uh, in a forum to discuss what the biggest challenges are and opportunities. And of course, RPA came up. One of the things that they talked about uh, in RPA, they talked a lot about streamlining digital services with automations across the state uh, governments. And they had a very interesting case study, if you will, in this article from the New York State Department of Labor, uh, which oversees their unemployment claims. And they were being overwhelmed with these requests during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. So the case study talks about how the department used UiPath uh, in order to help automate the processing of millions of these incoming claims. Some of the outcomes uh, was pretty staggering. Uh, they said it included a decrease in claims processing time uh, from 45 minutes. So they took it down to just over one, uh, one minute, actually. So it eliminated a backlog of 1.3 million claims. Uh, so they said while allowing New York State Department of Labor uh, to also fight the fraudulent claims more effectively. So I thought that was just a great example about how automation can really help uh, in that ex example, drastically <laughs> increase uh, the productivity of, uh, of back office, especially back office type of processes. But the other thing that they talked about uh, was cybersecurity. And this is actually the top concern for these state CIOs um, as cyber attacks, have become a, you know, almost an everyday occurrence uh, in our government from ransomware attacks, shutting down critical services to some of our cyber adversaries, stealing uh, a lot of PII from state employees and citizens and the such. Uh, so the article talks quite a bit about also cybersecurity, what some of their plans are uh, to combat that. But I wanted to roll that into a second article from UiPath uh, from the week before uh, called How UiPath is Automating Cybersecurity Operations. Uh, just wanted to go over a couple of the highlights from this article. It's definitely worth a read as well uh, if you're a CIO um, and, and trying to think about, well, you know, what are some of the practical applications for how bots can help automate cybersecurity uh, operations? So what this article is going to talk about is that on you know, any given day, a cybersecurity engineer is going to spend a lot of time defining and enforcing security rules and policies for all areas of, of their environment. Also, of course, scanning for threats, monitoring vulnerabilities, uh, mitigating attacks, that, that sort of thing. Also performing continuous security audits and tracking access controls uh, to critical res resources and that type of thing. So... Uh, UiPath talks about how they can automate a lot of these types of uh, cybersecurity uh, tasks. So, for example, 
uh, give you sev several examples that come from the article. Uh, then you can jump in and, and if you're interested, read more, our listeners can. But like email phishing campaigns, robots can automatically quarantine email threads and trigger remediation actions. When it comes to incident response, uh, it can, like I said, automatically uh, delete and quarantine uh, suspicious malware uh, infected files, uh, perform geolocation lookups on a given IP address, search for files on a particular endpoint uh, that might be interested in if they were a part of a cybersecurity threat, uh, block a URL on perimeter devices that might be considered hostile, retrieve information about any compromised users, and then also from an audit and compliance standpoint, tasks like you know, pulling a list of active directory users by groups, roles, uh, role memberships, resource ownerships, that type of thing uh, to understand and to kind of audit to make sure that everybody has the right level of access for their groups and the such. I've, I've worked with clients who have done a lot of this work manually. It's not fun. It's very repetitive. It's very boring. And so uh, this article was really good at kind of showing how automation can help in that cybersecurity uh, space. And then the other thing I was looking at, I uh, kind of got interested uh, in what, you know, how bots are being used in some organizations to kind of help the end user like, like me um, uh, and our listeners as well. And one of the things I found was uh, OneReach, if you go to the OneReach website, they have a section of practical examples. In fact, that's what it's called at the top of the rep website, practical examples for how their automations are currently being used uh, in some of their clients. Uh, there's one in particular that I think everybody will be able to relate to. It is a bot that they have installed uh, at a financial institution, uh, credit card company uh, is what it looks like. And it's a video that talks about how uh, a bot is constantly kind of scanning transactions and looking for any sort of suspicious activity and how the bot can immediately detect when there is suspicious activity at the point of sale and literally within minutes or actually seconds, send a text message uh, that results in a phone call where, where the bot is able to use voice recognition to validate the person on the end of the line, uh, ensure that the transaction is valid. And if it's not valid, automatically process, you know, stopping the transaction, uh, canceling the card, getting a new card out. Uh, so there's so much that, you know, used to only like 10 years ago, it would take a long time. You know, you'd have to wait sometimes for your bank statement to come, right? To realize that there was a fraudulent transaction and then uh, all the remediation effort behind, you know, after that would sometimes take a long time. And now, you know, what used to take maybe a month or longer to accomplish um, in, terms, uh, in terms of uh, uh, mitigating fraud on your credit cards. It's, it's just a great story of how it all happens now within literally minutes and not months. And so definitely worth checking out. Cool. Got anything else? Uh, that's that's it for this week. All right. I also had something from, from OneReach AI that I'll talk about first. And I was on their site and I found a new, very interesting short white paper. And it was called The Myth of the Pre-Built Conversational AI Use Case. And it was authored by their founder, Rob Wilson. It's, like I said, a shorter white paper. It's only about six pages, but it's got a lot of good salient points in it. 
And they talked about how 90% of chatbots that are out now will be discarded within the next three years. And that, you know, solutions that don't get adopted get abandoned. And they really, you know, the, the consistent theme was that you can't cookie cutter a lot of these types of implementations. You really have to think about um, what's specific to that business and pre-built use cases, pre-built templates, they just don't work. I mean, you really need to have somebody come in like a, an integrator like Valenta or somebody like us and really do a bespoke type implementation with this great kind of off the shelf conversational AI software. They also talked about how Bank of America had taught their bot like 60,000 different phrases to implement um, their, their conversational AI. And they talked about how uh, you really need to use an open platform like open, like OneReach AI uh, that will use different NLU models and stuff like that to really just use the best tool for the job, et cetera. So I thought it was very interesting, short read, but good read, a lot of good information, well thought out. Of course, you know, Rob is a pretty smart guy and founded OneReach AI. The other two things that I found also from another conversational AI vendor we like, uh, Yellow AI, um, they had uh, two really interesting blogs. They have a lot of great blogs, by the way. But uh, two that caught my eye I'll talk about today is uh, they issued one that was the top nine data analytic trends for 2022 and beyond. And I'll just mention a few of them. I agreed with all of them. They, they talked about how you, know, you need to leverage unified data analytics or really capture omni-channel data to be able to take actionable insights and conversational AI is all about that. So that made a lot of sense to me. They also talked about preparing for a cookie-less future uh, for people that are doing a lot of B2C type stuff or even B2B stuff, not having access to cookies anymore really drives the need to own your own data, your own customer interactions and stuff like that. Conversational AI can help a ton with that. And then they also talked about uh, being proactive with predictive analysis to kind of understand where your customers are going to go to or to follow that hockey analogy, go to where the puck is going to be, that type of thing. And conversationally, I can really help out with that. They had another blog or article that I found interesting as well. And this one was called Seven Automation Trends That Can Supercharge Your Organizational Efficiency. And I agreed with most of the seven. I took offense, or not offense, but I disagreed with one of them. But I won't go through the whole list, but a couple that really rang true for me was combining AI with RPA to get IPA or intelligent automation. They identified that as one of the first trends. And for sure, we see that, and it's a big trend. And then another trend that they talked about how with CIOs are really leading the charge in terms of automation uh, at companies. And we see that in mid-sized companies, we see that in small companies, but the CIOs really are the ones that, that we're talking to more than most folks. Um, the one thing that they did call out um, that I didn't necessarily agree with was they talked about how low code and no code is really democratizing automation. And I think that that's a nice concept, but I think in actuality, it just doesn't happen. I mean, I think in the largest of companies, big enterprises that can happen, but for the SMBs, low code, no code, it just doesn't get used. And you really need somebody like a Valenta to come in there and, and really help folks out. Or, you know, again, somebody like us. Um, but that's what I saw that was really interesting. And there was a lot of good stuff this week, but those were the highlights. Uh, Jake, do you want to talk about what's going on in your Valenta practice this week? The biggest thing that we're doing this week 
I've talked about it on some of the previous podcasts. Um, I'm getting really involved with the Chamber of Commerce because that seems to be where the businesses that I am really passionate about serving are uh, the small and the mid-sized businesses. And so uh, we've started this week on uh, sending out, um, introducing ourselves directly to uh, these businesses uh, via email. So uh, if you're in the, especially if you're in the Bentonville area, uh, you may be getting an introductory email uh, from us. Um, So uh, watch for that. But uh, just really excited. We've already gotten some response back uh, from different small businesses wanting us to come in and and just take a quick look around to see if there are opportunities uh, for efficiency and the such. And, you know, I I love working with these small businesses because things happen really fast. You know, it's sometimes it's not like working in a big company, right, where there's, uh, you know, you have an idea and then it has to go through several levels of approval, you know, before you can execute on the uh, on the idea. Working with the small and mid-sized businesses, uh, we are working with decision makers, and uh, it's it, it's a good relationship because they want to move fast, they're ready to move fast, and Valenta does move fast, and so uh, looking forward, looking forward to working with more small businesses. I hear you there. I used to deal with a lot of media companies and large telecom and cable providers and stuff like that, and oh my gosh, I had deals that would go eighteen months, twenty-four months, and you know, mostly we're, we're talking to somebody and we're either doing something within a month, maybe two max, or we're like deciding, well, let's talk in six months and that month we'll do something or, or, or something like that. It's much, it's a, it's a much nicer, refreshing pace, but uh, I digress. I'll talk about what's going on in Valenta and myself in terms of my practice, but uh, you know, on the Valenta side, we published a few good articles that I'd like to call out. I tend to do this every week, but uh, mm-hmm. we publish a lot of good stuff and I just want to call it out because the content is so good. Um, there was an article that we published about why businesses should outsource business intelligence analysts and really makes the case for why that could be uh, applicable for mid-sized companies and small businesses and they can kind of get in on that game as well. And then we also published a couple articles that talked about insider series webinars that we had done previously. One was automation and staffing in the healthcare industry from about a year ago with one of our local partners, uh, Shan Mukaden in uh, Arizona. And he talked about uh, you know, what he was doing in that space. And then also uh, there was another one called the three pillars of digital marketing, talking about how content, the web and social are the three pillars. Uh, and that is uh, Kishore Siva. And, uh, you know, other folks uh, talking about that on our podcast, and uh, that was great. So those were those were good ones. And then also in my in my practice, really just uh, placed a few more accountants with CPAs in South Florida last week. I mean, it was really a good week for, you know, a few of those types of engagements to come to fruition. And the CPAs were like super happy uh, with the staff that we were able to place for them. They happen to all be in Trinidad to be in the same time zone. Also had a couple of good conversations with Florida-based CPAs about bots and automations for uh, QuickBooks, Bill.com, stuff like that. But uh, that was what was going on in my practice. Um, Jake, anything else you want to add for our weekly edition of 2.0 Weekly? Uh, no, just uh, wish everybody uh, 4th of July is coming up, right? So, uh, Oh, yeah. So we'll be taking next week off, but yeah. uh, we'll be back the following week and uh, we'll take it from there. So everybody... Have a great couple of weeks. Have an awesome fourth and we'll talk to you soon.